smartcast you are listening to a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hello and welcome to tell me how you did it i'm namrita zakaria and i'm here to bring to you my hand picked list of some of india's finest brands yes our best homegrown companies that can compete with the world's best and still win the battle hands down These companies range from food, fashion and film to home, art and design. I'm only too happy to talk to the founders who not only chased their rainbows, they also made India proud. Make sure you tune in at hdsmartcast.com week after week to shake the hands that built our best businesses. Listen to them tell me how they did it. When raw mango burst into the fashion scene just over a decade ago, it introduced us to a new type of designer. Sanjay Garg was reticent, shy, and not confident of meeting people, but he had oodles of talent, unusual talent, clothes that we hadn't seen before even if they were mostly the ubiquitous sari. In minutes, literally minutes, his fame had spread far and wide and earned him friends from Bollywood royalty to rich industrialists' wives to tastemakers across India. Raw Mango's focus has been on telling the story of India, its beauty, its villages, its clothing cultures, all through a modern yet romantic lens. Garg's label has come to be among the most original voices in fashion and textile, making young Indians fall in love with Indian craft. Sanjay, it's truly an honor to have you on Tell Me How You Did It. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Namta. Uh, well, how did I do it? Uh, I don't think so. I have an idea, or a, <laughs> there was a recipe, or there's a formula, or I thought about it that how I'm going to do it. It happened, you know. It happened that I was a design student, and that also I got to know very lately in my life after my post graduation that you know I could study design, and that happened because one of our cousin. um not my blood related cousin but she was studying design and i go to know design could be studied and because of her i got to know there's a design school in jaipur i applied for it of course there was a lot of uh, drama at home that you know what are you going to do are you going to fill your own stomach you think you can feed us or say you don't bother about us but do you think you can feed yourself they were pretty liberal though they let me do what i wanted to do in life but they were just not sure they weren't aware what design can do and what is importance of design in this country other than you know very usual doctor lawyer or engineer so well i uh, applied for it and i go through it and when i passed out i uh, also wanted to go to study abroad i just wanted to see things from little far and i wanted to see that you know how can i do this differently and 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 you know that because i studied in hindi background uh, hindi medium and i had no knowledge of english there was another drama that i had to go through it but you know that was like passed down but you know i really wanted to go and see that i really wanted to kind of have a command on that language and then how has been taught why this uh, the the whole education is more premium and then here and what's the difference between education system many 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 other thing and for that uh, i go through many uh, three to four different colleges rca csm and this and that 
and I didn't want it to ask uh, for the fees to my father and I decided to take up a project from the government and the government gave me a project in Chanderi uh, where 30,000 rupees a month. I literally tried saving that for my fees. And that's how I introduced to the world of Chanderi and the weaving. When I went there, I then I realized, you know, this is what I wanted to do when I come back to this country. And I think I'm so much needed here already. Well, I fell in love and I just stayed back. Yeah. I where decided did you learn to learn English? I, did. I don't think so. I have learned our English. I think... I made a piece. I think I become comfortable to speak in a broken English. Let me put it this way. I have literally noted down everything when uh, in my IICD Institute of Craft and Design, they used to say the mass, hues. I used to write those words and come back home and see, oh, what does it mean in dictionary? You know, that's how literally it was a very long process and no one wants to practice with you. And I did tell in one of the interviews that I literally, you know, that time the mobile phone came up and I used to practice at the mobile customer care center, you know. I Seriously? used to speak in English, so okay. I I swear to God. You know, this that's how I did story. it. And, and, I, uh, and I would certainly not call your <laughs> English broken. No, I would not even call it stilting. I mean, you speak fluently and I've interviewed you many times and it's always been in full English. Um, and, uh, and I think it's, it's a very charming sort of an accent that you have. And I think it's fantastic how you've just completely taught yourself speaking to call center operators. Finally, they're up to some good. <laughs> well, I swear to God, that's the truth. You know, uh, it's very bizarre. You know, uh, what happens with us that, you know, it takes a lot of time with the transition and the time had come where, I become confident not knowing so many words and I'm comfortable with that. The idea of it that what you're trying to say matters more than that, what language you speak in. I was watching this film and where the, uh, the poet father says, you know, I do not want to learn more English words because you're going to pollute my own mother tongue. In a way, that stayed with me so much and I now I don't even make an effort to learn new words, you know. Whatever I know, I'm comfortable. Whatever I know, it's I can ask on any dinner table setting that, hey, what does it mean? You know, and people, yeah, it's just a confidence. It's about being comfortable that you know you can ask. It's okay to ask because this is not a deciding factor at all. It's absolutely not, and and it's far yeah. more important to be authentic and to be true to yourself. But I want to ask you, it's been 12, yes. 13 years since Raw Mango launched. 12 years, mm-hmm. 13 years? Yes. I know this. I know 13 this. years now, 12 and a half, 13. All right. I know of this wonderful story that you started very simply by showing at a Dili Heart exhibition and you were discovered, yeah. so to speak, by Anita Lal of Good Earth. Who was Sanjay at this time? Hmm. Well, Sanjay was uh, almost activist. <laughs> uh, too much of fire too much of fire in me I think I still do but that a very different moment you know where you see that oh people don't know design and I'm a design student can I change this country what can design change about this country what is the importance of design can I take an, um, like if old radio can become a new reality why can't sari be be worn. I never understood why tradition is passe, why is not future, why sari is called traditional or ethnic, why is not modern, you know? Because 
we always put in a category because we have something to compare. If there is a black, then you say, oh, this is white. So we had a trouser and coat and blazer world of the West. And that suddenly become modern and the sari become traditional. To me, it is the most evolved garment. Or that way, the lungi or, you know, it's, it's, if you really see that, it's one of the most evolved garment. It can be worn in so many ways. It could be woven in so many ways. It can take care of weather, tear, so many beautiful things about it. So it, it's kind of a challenge I gave to myself that can you contribute something to design? And this is the mindset I sat with in at Dilly Heart. I had no clue what fashion leaks are. I never wanted to make my future ever with anything related to fashion. I was very anti-fashion. I The way it was processed, the way it was consumed, the way it was presented, the way it was in balance, every single thing was very much a big question to me, you know? And what is this about? And thank God, like after 13 years ago, uh, ago um, I'm not saying that I have done it. I think at least I started questioning it. And so many stores, so many fashion magazines absolutely disapprove of it, you know? They didn't even think, A, that sari could be ever a fashion garment and so-called fashion garment. And also, uh, it can be ever under the category of modern and the new cool and identity. That wasn't the thing 13 years ago. You know, the real people, the doc, the, the, the way we did imagery, everything. Everything was new and I was rejected. But at the same time, there was a parallel movement happening. Let's say the parallel movement happens with the cinema. It happened. You know, there was a commercial cinema and the parallel uh, cinema happened, right? In this country, I don't know the yeah. exact decade, 80s or 90s, right? So I think the parallel movement, invisible parallel movement was happening. So many people picked it up and it's strange. It did not. My whatever world of textile or fashion trend did not trickle down from top to bottom. Actually, it happened from the center and then it trickled down to top and right and left. So the people who are, you can say, tastemaker or a student of design or a gallerist or person who worked in theater or people who work in culture, they started wearing it actually. From there, it went to top rather than, I think they were the approval, you know, they approved it first. At the same time, not Delhi and Mumbai approved for me because I did not even show my collection that way. I went all over to India. So there was no godfather. We went to Kotium, to Trivandrum, to Lucknow, everywhere. So also you make a base like a political party today. You know, you have to reach out to people, not through so-called marketing as public legal parties say, right? Not, you can't do everything through marketing. It wasn't a marketing. It wasn't the idea in my head to know, to reach out, to show, and to myself, to see my India, to discover of India. I go to travel. I go to connect with them. And they also uh, got to see that what I'm doing. At the same time, I also got to know that, you know, there are so many people in South wasn't familiar with Chanderi. And it was beautiful to show them it is very fine fabric come from this particular reason. And then in the beginning, they were not ready to pay, but later on, they did pay. Now, it's worn all over from Chennai to Kerala and everywhere. And I, this credit doesn't go to me, it's to the, the craft in itself, you know. It is beautiful. But how important was your humble beginning? You grew up in Mubarakpur in Rajasthan. How did that shape mm-hmm. you as a designer? Did it influence your work in any way? 
you know when you're growing up you don't know namta you don't know what is shaping you up and what are your influences are once you're out of it then you look back then you see oh my god there's so many thing which is not here in the city like we were living almost like a living culture you are in it and you do not know you don't make an effort you don't make an effort to be cool or trendy or bold or someone has a voice it's just there in every today life you know people say that india is a living culture so that kind of thing actually i lived in from craft to maker to a pattalwala to donawala to kumhar to leather shoemaker i don't know i keep can going uh, go on like farmers banner house or or uh, uh, iron smith you know i can just go on there are so many things without knowing you learn every day in a process you don't even know you are learning but you just just simply watching it you just learn it yeah it's literally like breathing hand making in 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 small town india and in villages is 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 the most natural thing but what did you imagine raw mango to yeah, be like yeah i still yeah i think um, you did ask me before that you know what is the dream of uh, for raw mango and what is i think what i really ask raw mango and i would really like to raw mango and i would like myself you know to ask raw mango that what is Romengo's contribution to cultural fabric of this country. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to be known that way. Be there could be different mediums, textile or music or objects or interior or many other thing or flower or furniture, lights, you know. But I would really like me to ask that what is my contribution to that world? Or cinema, filmmaking, photography, you know, everything. I think I would like to be known by all this uh, i know there's right now the medium is textile which is very popularly known but i that is deliberately i write my own music every single time in every campaign or photography or filmmaking or i did object and i also have curated not curated we did record music for one album there are two other albums are in pipeline which is going to be in public domain precisely i would spotify album it ghar that's I right i would love love to document uh, so much of folk music folk dance classical form honestly uh, that's what my interest is right now that's fantastic is this what you had imagined romango to be that it would be this cultural sort of a chronicler it would be like like a conversation starter sort of a brand it's not just about clothing but it's just the whole the whole ambiance around the clothing it's the whole um the history behind where india is at uh, artistically as well is this what what you set out to do or did you just want to grow it as a business you know i don't think namta you know i wasn't there was no one consulting me no one there as you know someone helping me out with my vision in the beginning you know as you know when you start and you do not even know where to practice your some third language and how do i have people to plan board i didn't have someone on board and you know my father was a small shopkeeper in in my village so there's no one to tell you what you can do and that's the brand vision you just grow up with it actually you explore and you question yourself you know there's a lot of dwand i think i live within myself there dwand there are there are so many 
right and wrongs there are so many question ongoing questions there are so many dialogue with i keep having with myself so many things i do not like i dislike what i have done in past you know so many things i like to do it like i have done always shoot with less real people and then suddenly i do other which has anything but reality right yeah. anything but reality yeah that's yeah. so these kind of things the contradiction yeah so these this provocation the idea of the provocation the, the questioning that dialogue executes me like and there's also a great commitment to and i think that's a india um, especially rural india has been your constant muse more than anything else you know the colors the crafts that come from weaving villages you show us infinite possibilities of our heritage um it's almost your signature and your brand score or brand vision as as you don't like to call it but mm. it's become like that so why this enduring love for craft yes about to say that you know i don't think so anything i would like to or take credit or i have done it because this is the right thing i didn't know anything else other than let me put it this way i think that was or i would say this is a a future now going forward when someone says that oh it's a sustainable business is ethical business what does it even mean like other business are not ethical just hear me out this word like do you think you can afford not to be in 2023 that or 22 that you are not ethical and sustainable that's what i my question is like if i'm looking for that originality that individuality that identity i definitely find in roots of india and the roots of india takes me to the village as simple as that i'm not making an effort i'm trying to say i'm not in kind of i think is is very rational is it's it's bound to happen if you're looking for those question it'll take you there that's what i wanted to say like i don't want to romanticize it what i'm trying to say i wish i could uh, if you think i'm romanticizing it it was in the idea of it the, the 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 idea is that you know this is what i think is right to do right now and there's also this commitment to textile right by extension i mean you keep saying that i'm not hmm. a fashion designer i'm a textile designer explain this to me well uh, fashion is kind of a for a that for lack of word we use fashion i think we need to uh, the time has come then we need to think of a different word for fashion you know we are all looking we call it slow fashion sometime namta right we it question to all of us and we call it uh, sustainable fashion because it's a lack of word actually we are using the word fashion if you really see the history um, only is 100 years ago then we are actually wearing a lot of like cut and stitch garments you know before that the man also wearing like a gamcha or a lungi or a dhoti and women also you know what they were in sari or or mekula chadars everything was unstitched so that has been popular till now however like i don't know kitna hamara civilization kitna purana hai jitna civilization purana hai ab tak 100 ya 150 saal se pehle tak aapne wo pehna hai unstitched then how come suddenly i become a fashion designer if i'm doing a sari so i don't know if you call anything in a, a vogue that moment is fashion then i okay let's say people are doing tattoo they've been like my great grandmother always had tattooed so many tattoos over her body yeah every tribe has a fashion what i'm trying to say every decade and every 1920s everything had a some sort of a moment of a body ornament or, or textile 
So we, I think we need to question it. We need to question today that what does it slow fashion and sustainable fashion can be called, you know? Yeah. So you're saying it's a very limiting term and, and clothing or history or heritage. It's very limiting goes, term. Goes yeah. far beyond yeah. that. Yeah. Sanjeev, what have been yeah. the challenges you faced as a designer? Has it been tough to break into the wedding wear market without doing a lot of embroidery? Or was it difficult to bring Benarsi brocade, which is largely seen as something, you know, very traditional or what older women wear? Um, has has it been tough to bring mm-hmm. that into the modern Indian wedding? I don't think so. I I did feel a kind of challenge uh, first two years when people did not accept it for sure. They did think that, you know, it's not enough for a bride to wear something as light and, you know, and there's no embroidery. The idea of not having embroidery was really surprises them. Um, I do remember very close friends of mine also, even my own cousin, she's very close to me. She decided to wear an embroidered lehenga and she absolutely rejected it. Like it was all around me. People could wear it. And like, you know, there are bride friend, bride mother, this and that was only wearing, but suddenly they did not accept it. Like this couldn't be worn by a bride. But I was just discussing before your call with my team, like every single day now from last two, three years, I think this, we have a bride which is emerging, so-called romance of bride. Yeah. She wears a sari in a certain way. She wears a jewelry in a certain way. She gets photographed in a certain way. She takes care of, let's say Diya Mirja is one of the examples, you know. Yeah. She yeah. wore it a sari in a certain way. She had a female priest and she also wanted to make sure whatever the decoration was sustainable. I think there's a woman who is thinking and she's, she feels that she's very responsible for every her own decisions, you know. So that's happening, finally. I think, um, I don't think so we should say we are right, but I think it's a process. But I think we are in middle of the process. And I'm very, very optimistic. And I see it every single day. So many brides standing us their photos and I'm very glad to see it. I want to ask you about your stores which are beautiful the New Delhi store and the Bombay store mm-hmm. which which is an, in an iconic place it's right next to the Taj Mahal hotel and both spaces have this very beautiful mm-hmm. minimal very Gandhian sort of decor. Um, tell me a little bit about this the ideas behind your store like what sort of experiential spaces did you want to create? You know, uh, it also happened by chance, if I tell you. So when I, I had a room in my house uh, in Delhi, and uh, this is where I used to keep my textile, I had it only in Almira. And that's how I knew it. I didn't think of a store. People used to come open the Almira, and that's how they used to see it. Because to me, if someone wants to buy, if someone knows, they will come to me, right? Why do you have to VM? Why do you have to showcase? What difference is going to make? I love the whole idea of exploring what they want and what they knew. And that's kind of, it came from a practical reason what I'm trying to say. Mm. It, it is a dust-free, is a textile, is well-kept, mm. you know. And there is a certain, um, there is a there is a excitement and there's certain beauty to explore things. You think that you found something, you know. It's everything otherwise out there. Like, you don't want to see this ad or that ad. How much it bothers you? So I never liked the idea of the VM. What is this visual merchandising doing in this country? Like, why can't I actually question the visual merchandising itself? Why VM has no VM? 
that was my question you know why does it have to everything we am so <laughs> that came again idea from i saw saw things in banaras and jaipur where everything was like in a white um, gadda and cushion yeah. like masnad we call them yeah. like there was yeah. a batha yeah. and there two almira someone will go to other room and take what your impress are in and then they'll bring it to and show you yeah honestly that was it and of course the gandhi was always always been a role model i know it's a very fashionable to criticize him today but i think he was a visionary um there is some sort of restraint and kya bolte hain usko kanjus ko english mein there's a word right frugal miser frugal frugality i think that is a great quality today i think not sustainability going to save us frugality yeah. will save us today yeah i think that's not minimalism frugality is very important Tell I think I really like, want to is, talk about this. Yes, I tell you what. Mean? See, if you wearing five shirt, let's say you buy five shirt polyester, that polyester five chains to uh, cotton or or wool or anything which is sustainable man made fiber. How does it actually help? What if you actually buy two? That would really help because those five t shirt or five shirt also lot consume lot of water, land, resources. right so you can have a minimal look minimal look is kind of visually you can hide out a thing and make them visually make them look minimal but that wasn't the idea idea is can you can you live in a space where you re- or you think require 12 chairs but you want to have four i think that will save you and gandhi was very wise he used to write i remember in a book that on one page he used to start from a very top and till the bottom you know he used to he make sure that every page is fully used hmm i think that's what is the future is isn't frugality the opposite of fashion which is seasonal exactly is, is precisely is. is absolutely is and i i thank god you asked me this question and that's exactly you know we do not want to have our collection particular that time only i do not have a vm where i lure the customer to buy this or that you know mm. i always also thought why fashion shows because they create a bubble of a trend and then it dies after some time and then what is next i really think that we really need to think today that frugality actually can survive you have to really buy something which you buy at least for next 10 years just no sustainable is not enough how will designers just, survive i think they very well survive i think it's kind of saying that they will make something very i mean transition will be difficult let's put it this hmm. way hmm. i think survival is not a question hmm. you know to to take this is going to be difficult i think uh, the garments going to be more more thoughtful more individualistic more more durable more than sustainable is a word you know hmm. you know more durable we do, do we talk about durability i think we just talk about sustainability that's why i have a problem with the whole world of fashion i think every single um terminology is also borrowed what west is talking about what we can give to the west from our our um, way of living life i think we can tell them uh, as we have done with the sari sari is not dyed till that is making into पोछा क्या बोलते हैं उसको पायदान जब तक बन जाता है ना पहले छोटा होता है फिर टॉवल होता है फिर ये होता है जब तक उसको छोड़ते ही आई थिंक द ड्यूरेबिलिटी एंड फ्रूगैलिटी शुड बी द न्यू वर्ड्स 
It's interesting that you say this, and we're talking in early 2022, because all of last year, and it's been about 12 months of multiple designers being, so to speak, lapped up by one corporate uh, or the other, let's say invested in, if not lapped up. And, um, and they all want to talk about the economies of scale. They all want to uh, you know, so to speak, expand their business and grow their business, and and they're all in the numbers game. I mean, it it's it remains to be seen. I've been in in the industry long enough to know that this isn't the first time this sort of corporate phenomenon is uh, interested in in fashion designers. Uh, what's your take on that? I I absolutely understand your question, and the take on going to be that we need to decide what India we're designing for. Do we decide these four cities and make them buy more and more? Or we take, let's say, 30 city, top 30 city of India mm-hmm. and take them into consideration and then we realize what that India wants. The number will grow up automatically. If your mm-hmm. market is too limited to two cities, anything is famous in Mumbai and Delhi, become a known brand, which is, what is the contribution? Who is really taking... I know there's a trickle-down effects of fashion, but who's really taking us seriously? Let's say the middle-class level as well, you know. Hmm. That is my question. Is We have, our reach is so superficially level. Visually, they can be, they can like us and they can appreciate it. But what about, as I say, wearability? What about taking them in? What about thinking they are the wearer too? I'm not even talking about the whole India. I'm just saying, take the 30 cities. The number will multiply. The production of Mumbai and Delhi, if I say 10, then it goes to 5 because we are rethinking it. Then imagine 5 and 2 and 1, then you can just make it 30. So actually there are numbers, you can grow the number. I think we have to look at it differently today. It has to be more so-called and new trendy word inclusive, but it can make some sense over here. Sanjay, you talk about seasonality in in fashion and how you like to stay away from it, but you do have collections coming out uh, season after season or year after year. And I've always seen you have this sort of, um, you know, a very strong and a sustained aesthetic right through your 12 and a half, 13 years. I mean, of course, many designers have wonderful collections for one or two years, or they may have a golden run for a few years. But you know, up there's never been a hiccup for you. You know, it's very hard to achieve. So what is your secret to one amazing collection after the other, timeless as they are? What is the secret? Thank you. I don't see any secret. I think of a very open book. And as I said that, the the one, the contradiction keeps me alive. Those questioning that what I have done, I re-question them. I have loved the history and tradition. At the same time, I so many things I dislike about the tradition history. Mm. All this. Like, like then, what? like, I was watching this um, uh, a video of this uh, uh, exhibition happening in 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 America right now. It's about Indian textile, and that that gentleman is saying that you know the visual imagery has been frozen in a way in last three hundred years, and people are just keep repeating it. In a way, he's right. We don't. Tradition doesn't mean what is visually available, and that's how there are four punya and there are eight kodas. Are you have to keep doing the same thing? We have made monkey business. What is our visual contribution? You know what? And we had also cloud people. Can we give them? Otherwise, people are going to get bored. Also, you know, 
there are some things are very i haven't changed the technique i haven't changed the artism the where they make it nothing but changing sometime the visual imagery sometime about the way it is washed sometimes the changing the material sometimes is the yarn sometimes is the shoot sometimes is the the idea of the the fixed idea of the model so many things on different level because design is just not visual i keep saying that design is a way of living life i think we have to see design from so many point of view and it had to be lot of layer one need no need to be see like when people say art oh you see this is beautiful and this is it. i think they need to find so many surprises maybe in the lining sometime in the technique sometime in the oh they didn't notice oh there's a bird and it has a beautiful is actually not a peacock generally is a sparrow which is not been produced or there's a snake what we have done in sherba you know there are so many things i did question that snake is not worn because people won't buy it. things like that you know i think there are a lot of surprises and you can look at it in many different layers and perspective i think that keeps me going what does it feel like to be displayed at the top museums of the world you're at the museum of modern art in new york and the victoria and albert in london uh we we are very proud it of feels it for good. sure thank you it was momentary it was good you know but honestly it when people don't know in this country that the idea of the museum is not in itself is a successful idea is a failure that really hurts you know in a way that if you really study how many people are interested in museum today in india if you really see to nagpur to kanpur to lucknow how many people are visiting museum i understand is up there but what about our own museums imagine our museum doing these kind of exhibition and showing someone's work that would be something you know where the the facts will be much larger so mm-hmm. of course when i think of that they have friday night where youngsters invited youngsters are invited museums are open till 8 to 10 pm people can drink and and have discussion and debate and they are very well planned can you imagine that happening in this country can we have a beautiful cafe restaurant and people go more often and we keep changing the work i have i got to know there are so many uh, because Uh, so there are uh, only 1% work is shown in the national museums and 99% things are locked and people don't even open it's kind of a headache for them they just keep like after how many you think saal baad ya 5 saal baad jab change hota hai director ka post to wo seal wala jo saman hai yun ki hi pass kar diya jata hai jisse wo kholne ka headache nahi ho usko koi kholega fir janega fir aap usko curation karenge to jo laga hua hai wohi reh sakta wohi reh raha hai तो म्यूजियम तो हमारे लिए डेड हो गया ना एक तरह से इट्स इंटरेस्टिंग यू से बिकॉज यू नो देर बिन सो मच कॉन्वर्सेशन अराउंड म्यूजियम इन द लास्ट ईयर यू नो विदल म्यूजियम एंड एंड द्राफ्ट म्यूजियम मूविंग इन द न्यू सेंट्रल स्क्वेर दैट्स कमिंग अप इट्स इंटरेस्टिंग यू से दैट बिकॉज सडनली वी सीम टू हैव डिस्कवर्ड आर हेरिटेज एंड हाउ प्रेशियस इट वॉज yeah i wish there something happens very more lively and we can participate at least uh, students uh, it's so difficult you know for me or any design student to go and ask for a particular piece which is locked in a some locker it was so much easier i just wrote an email to an museum and they welcome me and they opened every single thing for me i wish that can happen to our own country if there there's a huge bureaucracy tell me how many people or designer or design student or architect actually can go to museum and study and see those pieces which are not on display have you ever done it like gone to the locker and open the trunk and show yourself 
No. That's what I'm talking about. No. Sanjay, I want to ask you about your social media as an extension of your brand. I love your storytelling. And every time I meet you, I tell you that. But it's as much um, about beautiful clothes in beautiful settings as it is about art, music, culture. I mean, in just your last few posts, there's there's a cradle from a Paris museum. There's a, a Thayam dancer's right. photo. There's Pradeep Kishan's, uh, one of his films. Um what are you trying to say with your social media and why is social media important to uh, a design house or a business today? I think the social media is a kind of extension of brand. It shows the way I look at the world through my eyes. And that is all about it. I, as I said, I do not look at things in a one dimensional. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the most beautiful piece like this also, I don't see a boundary in craft. I think we also need to appreciate like what is, okay, let me put it this on a Thayam answer. I love the way this form is preserved, but what is after that? How can we create more thinker or leaders in world, in design, dance, music, craft? Are we going to freeze the way the things are given to us? I think I really like to see, do we have the most amazing craftsmen can create something like what I said, the cradle, you know, can we produce that something like to that equivalent today in this country, things like that. So I think I would really like to see a lot of leader. Can we, can we have the leader from this world, you know, for so many things that to someone who work in ceramic or a glass or sculpture or a light, things like that. So that interests me and that's how I see my world. And, I would love to see, I would love to share the way I see my world through my eyes through social media, as simple as that. Is it important for business? And it could be, I think business happens on. I think there are people who just ask that, oh, there is a point of view, there's a lot of thought goes into it. It's kind of making them aware. It. I don't think so. The people, not necessarily people who are on social media are buying your same clothes. I'm sure that 60% people who are actually on Instagram do not buy my clothes. But I think they are tastemaker. They are the future deciding factor, maybe, you know. So you are opening up a conversation with them in a way. I do understand that after opening up a conversation so many times, there is very unwanted and the kind of language it's used on your platform is just not acceptable. And you don't know what to do then because if you want to start answering to one person, you just... Uh, it just goes on and then uh, sometimes his right is not happy, sometimes his left is not happy, sometimes his center is not happy, sometimes that person is not happy. Actually, knowing less about, uh, you know, to, to this whole Instagram activism where we do not want to go to depth of it and whatever someone else shared and you want to share because you want to be known as activists, I think it's going to harm the cause, what they're fighting for in a way. Yeah. I think we need to go in much deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Sanjay, it's been the most stimulating philosophical conversation. I never want to <laughs> hang up the phone on you. I never want to, you know, disconnect a podcast on you. So we will meet soon and we will speak at length and we will travel yeah. to villages and we will have a lot of fun. Okay. Thank you, thank, thank you, you, thank you for coming on the show. It's been wonderful to have you. Thank you, thank you, Namita. My pleasure.
If you enjoyed the show or not, write to me on Instagram, Twitter, or Clubhouse at Namrata Sitaran. You can catch the video podcast on the Lifelink channel on YouTube. For updates on Tell Me How You Did It, follow us at HT Smartcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse. To listen to more podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast.com or suno nay nazariye se. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.